This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world, join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Dr. Ginger Bratzel. For over two decades, Ginger was in private practice where she developed strategies to increase client attraction and business growth. From her own success in working with healthcare professionals, Ginger became a consultant and coach with one of the largest healthcare marketing companies in the nation for their top level clients. As a business and marketing educator, she is passionate about sharing strategies to identify ideal clients and take your business to the next level. Thanks so much for joining me today, Ginger. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm really excited to have this conversation um, because it's so very important for really any business, but I think especially small business. And I would like to start uh, with asking you if you would share what you um, think is the role of marketing for a business. I, I think that's a very valid and important question. It seems like marketing's the afterthought. I find most people are thinking about marketing when they get in trouble and that is too late. So marketing needs to be going all the time. It's, it's part of the living organism that is your business. And, you know, if you thought about it, it's too late. So, you know, I have a lot of, like I work a lot in healthcare and there's certain months, things are slow and people will wake up that month when things are slow and they're two weeks into it and say, Hey, what can you do to make it happen? And I need to tell them, I need a time machine to go back about three months and get momentum going because that's the whole point of doing it. But marketing is communication, it's connection. Marketing is psychology and behavior of your clients. Um, it's not tactics, it's not websites, it's not um, Google ads, it's communicating with them. It's not what they, um, it's giving them what they really want and what you can do for them. I think that's a big thing. It's not a manipulative thing. And so sometimes marketing gets thrown under the bus. You think of the used car salesman and the sleazeball trying to give you something you don't want. Marketing is finding out what's in your ideal prospect's head and making it easy for them to say yes. That That is terrific. And, and I want to pull on something that you said about these you know, clients that will start getting slow and then ask you what you could do and you need to go backward. Will you talk some about, um, I guess, what it really takes for marketing to take hold? Because I think a lot of small business owners, like they'll try something for a month, mm -hmm. and it won't work. And then, and they'll just want to stop. 
I, I can understand that you get frustrated. Well, yeah, but it takes a while, doesn't it? Like, it does. And, it and a, a process. It, it is a process. And it's like I said, it's always going. So mm-hmm. I think the first part of that question is, you know, marketing works the best when you're very clear on what your prospect needs, what they want and what you can deliver. So when marketing, when you're trying to force something that just doesn't go, think about it as a relationship, because that's what marketing is. It's a relationship. And if you are trying to spark up a relationship with someone you have nothing in common with, you have no chemistry, you don't understand each other. It just feels like one of you is a jerk and the other one doesn't care. It's never going to connect. So you have to be really in tune to what you can offer, but also what people want. So that's what I find the biggest thing with marketing. It, it needs to start with the who, not the what. It's the who. And I and your best place to start on that is your existing customers, clients, patients, whatever you call them, your best ones. You know, so what, what just makes them a great client? What do I really enjoy when they come in or enjoy doing business with them? What makes, um, what's this affinity we have? These are people that are, are easy to say yes. And people who are just appreciate what you do and they pay their bills and they're telling everybody about you, what things do they have in common? So when we have that who down first, I think that's very, very critical. Now to your question about momentum and, and when to do it, I mean, it's, it's a never ending process. I tell people, um, they'll say, I can only afford to do this once. And then my, you know, it's an expensive marketing campaign. Then I say, you can't afford to do it. Because marketing has to be a process. And I do the steps of three. If you can't do it in three steps and afford to do it in three steps, either we need to scale it back. It doesn't go to as many people. It's not a biggest target audience because we'll do a couple of repetitions. And, um, or you can't afford to do it. Let's look for alternatives. Or even yet, let's talk about what we can do in your business to get you to the point where you can match that level and spend that money that you want to spend because a lot of time with marketing, it's everything. It's not just the Google um, AdWords you put out your, your, or a Facebook post or the website you do. It is in every part. It's how you communicate with every prospect, existing client, a customer, patient. It's how you communicate with your team and how they communicate with them. And it has to flow all through there. So a lot of times we start in the middle. We start in the systems, right in the middle of the business and see what's not ticking along as well as it could be and fixing those before we spend any external money on marketing. So interesting, which leads me to another question, which is, so how does someone know if they have a marketing problem or a systems problem? Well, you know, it's, it's knowing your numbers. So people will say, you know, like, like I said, I work with healthcare. I get so many new patients a month. And so I said, okay, let's write that number down. And I'm like, how many are you, how many leads are you getting? How many calls, inquiries, texts, uh, messages? And we'll keep that number there. So I look at interest to actually reaching out to you. That's one level. So I can see if I've got an issue there. Now, once they make an appointment or you have a prospect meeting with them, or you go over and give them a proposal, I want to know how many of them accept And if I have a big discrepancy there, I know I have a system problem. Either we didn't build the value into it so they understand it, or we totally missed the mark of what they were telling us because they came in willingly. We didn't tie them up and drag them in. 
we missed the mark and what they were really saying, Hey, this is what I'm here for. Because what I find most of my clients in most industries will say, well, we were too expensive. They'll put money into it. And they will say that when, um, as a knee jerk reaction, but most of the times, like you didn't build the value there. They didn't feel like it was the right solution for them, or it wasn't the right time. Maybe we have to have a follow-up sequence in there. So I will look in there and see how many are getting converted from that appointment and that proposal into actual paying customers. And that tells me if we got a system of breakdown. That's a, <clears throat> excuse me, a great way to, to gauge that. And, um, and I love what you said about they'll, they say they can't afford us and that's a knee jerk reaction. Mm -hmm. It is, it's the easiest thing to say. It's a cop out. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. And I mean, I, you know, when I, move it over to the sales side of things. And I say, you have to be doing discovery and asking a whole bunch of questions to get to the actual need and all of those other things attached to it to make sure that you have the solution that is right for them. And money's part of that. Right. Right. Cause they're going right. to have to part with money. And, and when they see the value commensurate with the investment, then it makes sense. Right. You know, people spend money on things they don't need every day. You know, none yeah. of us need a thousand dollar cell phone, but anybody yeah. and everybody can afford one. So don't tell me it's a money issue. It's not an economy issue. It's, it's a value proposition issue. Yep. Yep. It's really, that, that's a great point. Another question that I get a lot about marketing is how much time and energy should a business owner be dedicating to it? What are your thoughts? Well, you know, everyone wants to they ask me, how much should I be spending on it? And I will yeah. tell you, I only spend money on marketing that makes money. So if I spend a dollar, I need to at least make that dollar back because I will do a, a, a zero net sum because I know um, that converted. Sometimes if I know my numbers on the back end, as we already talked about on sales, if I'm really good on there, I'll spend $2 for every dollar I spend, um, I get back because I know I'm going to make that back. So I don't like to give people a quota and say, you need to be spending X amount on marketing. I want you to look at your marketing and see what your return on investment. So I'm not big on brand marketing. I'm looking at direct response for every dollar. I get a dollar back. Um, I, I'm looking at what it leads to and going forward. So, you know, if you can spend less and get more, why not do that? But then it, we come into that time issue that you talked about. Now, I think that's what most people do. Um, they don't mean to take their foot off the pedal, but they do. They just get busy somewhere else in the business. And so that's why we talk about a marketing calendar. We go through and we plan the whole year out. Now, it's not chiseled in stone. We can adapt as we need to. And of course, in the last couple of years, we've had to adapt more than we ever had. But mm. historically, if we look at certain businesses and industries, and you, and you can attest to this, there are certain trends, you know, in, in healthcare, I know which months are usually the slowest months. So I know three months before that, we need to do a little more marketing in those to make sure those are not dead months. Um, but historically, we know those things. And so if we plan for them, we're, we're ready for them. And, you know, I think another big thing, which you, your question alludes to, I, I always like to add to it. I think it's very important that you never delegate that marketing to somebody else. Not to say that somebody else, um, an agency or outside source can help you fulfill it and do, do it. But as far as your strategy 
and your knowing your customer and your passion and what you're good at, it's still got to be inside the company. And so even if it's a small company with five employees, there's got to be at least one person and usually not the owner that um, is the liaison that's going to keep the their hand on the pulse and see what's going on. Um, but and they're going to be the, the person that's going to be the point person with the outside agency. So if it's a, a digital agency that's doing uh, ads for you, um, you know, they're always talking to them. They're always conversing with it and giving feedback. But we never write a blank check. We never write a long-term contract. And we never do it without those accountabilities. And I, I know a lot of people give you all these um, uh, ad agencies will give you reports saying you've got so many uh, clicks on your website. Well, I can't deposit a click in the bank. I have to have revenue for it. And so that's why we track it all the way through that they came from this source. They made an appointment. We had a conversation. They accepted the proposal. They accepted the treatment plan, whatever it is. And it has that dollar value. And I have that associated from that marketing source. I just love that. And I would like you to expand a little on why the owner shouldn't be the person who's um, the liaison. Yeah, you know, that's a power position too. I think that's an important thing to do it. Well, first of all, you're as an owner, you're too busy. There's, um, you've got to specialize in growing the business and being the captain of the ship. That's why I said, I don't want you to outsource it and give someone else control and your voice for what your company stands for. But you don't have the time to wear that hat. And that's a hard thing to do, um, especially with a lot of entrepreneurs. I know we love to have our fingers into all the little <laughs> pots and that's a hard control to give up. And I'm, I'm raising my hand myself, but it will not consistently happen because you have so many bigger things going on. If you're the person that you know is, is closing the proposal, then you need to be the person closing the proposal. If you're the one that's the visionary of the business, you need to be the visionary of the business. Your eye is making money in the big picture going through. Now, for a power position, if you have somebody underneath you, let's say that same example, the agency comes back and they give you a proposal and it goes to somebody, we'll call them your marketing assistant on your team. Well, they can say, hey, I need to go back and talk to the owner. I don't know. And they have that leverage to go through and say, hey, she, he didn't like that. Um, we're we're going to have to come up with better numbers. Um, you're going to have to come up with a better solution. And so they have, you, you have a little distance between you to make that happen. And I think it just makes you clearer thoughts. It gets more complete in making things happen. And it's just one less thing on your plate. Because, you know, when you ask about all the steps of marketing, I tell everybody it's like being a plate spinner. And uh, I grew up with variety TV shows when I was a kid. And I remember every, every TV show had one of those guys. You know what I'm talking about, Diane, don't you? And he starts with one plate. And he's spinning it and he's having struggle, but he's getting it going. And that one's going and he goes off and starts another one. Well, that's what marketing is. You got to get the first plate going and get it consistently going. Then your next plate. And before you know it, you can easily spend 20 plates that are all juvenating, uh, generating income for you for your business. Yeah, it's so great. The, the funny, it's so funny that you say that because um, I use the spinning plate thing analogy a lot. And at some point we're going to have to stop using it because no nobody knows any idea what we're talking about, <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> That'll be we're fine. showing our age. I know. I know. It's okay. I always, I always figure I'm showing other people's ages by 
you know, how young they are, but not knowing the things I talk about. Well, I'll tell um, them you go and Google spinning plate, just go, yeah. Google, you'll understand it. Exactly. Right. Try saying gal Friday to, to you know, oh, yeah. Something. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'm really glad that I asked that question that you answered it because I, I do think this is an occupational hazard of entrepreneurs that we think we have to have our fingers in everything. And that actually gets in the way of us. Yes. growing our business and, and being productive. And marketing is one of those places where since we need it going on all the time, we can't afford to have that level, you know, that depth of involvement. I, I totally agree. And also, you know, we all have our unique geniuses and, yeah. and marketing takes a lot of follow through and consistency. And most entrepreneurs that I've been around yep. are big picture, fast starts, big ideas. And those are two personality hardwired characteristics that don't get to go together. And so that's why you get frustrated whenever you put somebody in a profession or a field or a position that they are not custom made for, you will struggle in it. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and it's just counterproductive. Yeah. At this time, I'd like to take a sponsor break. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. And I'm sure you know that Audible.com has thousands of audiobook titles to choose from, but you might not know about the other content. There's podcasts, Audible Originals, guided meditations. Uh, my favorite thing is to be able to listen to different kinds of things all on the same platform. I think it's a time saver uh, and it's like productivity. Uh, hack for me. I don't have to go jumping from one platform to another. Uh, so we're offering you a free trial. You can go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, sign up for that free trial, and then explore on your own. You know, check out the audiobooks, check out the other programs, see what really, you know, resonates with you. Interested in getting some help with your sales strategy? Pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Have you noticed shifts, uh, you know, I guess over the past couple of years and how business owners are finding and getting customers? I, I do. Um, you know, we, we were talking about the changes with Facebook, you know, Facebook was just a mecca of data. And I, you know, some people here are, are going to be Facebook pros, Facebook ad pros. And some people are like, you know, I, I'm just dabbling in it. But you know, once upon a time, we really got a lot of detail from Facebook um, that has gone away. I, I, I could custom an ad to people that lived in a certain zip code that had a certain prof profession and knew that they liked dogs because that's what I found out my best clients were. And I could just put ads to them. Now, Facebook is not as giving and it makes our job harder. I find a big shift after, you know, when COVID first started, um, people, it kind of got, we all have, and I, I'm me included, we've gotten a little too lenient on um, electronic means to do it. Just because you can send a text or you, you have a, a, a email blast that you can send out, it, it got really tough because people were just overusing that. And during COVID, we lost that relationship. Even if you never see your customers, that relationship was gone. So like e-commerce, that is a different animal. Um, yeah. 
you know, they're living on the clicks, they're living electronically, but if you're a service-based provider, if you are sending people out, uh, if you go out, if you're, you make your living from talking to people, that connection is what a lot of people are missing. And so, you know, I really stressed when a lot of businesses were set, shut down during the beginning of COVID, some of them, you know, had an answer machine that drove me nuts. They said, well, we're shut down because of COVID and, you know, we don't know we're going to be open. They should still have people answering the phone. Even if you couldn't provide a service, we needed to know people were there. And even if your office was shut down or, or you were closed for a while, if your business was shut down, still sending out regular information. Hey, I'm here. You know, we are here to help you in any way. Let me say personally, I know the struggle, what we're going through, making, reinforcing that connection, because right now people are looking for people they know, like, and trust, like they've never had before. Um, unless you're e-commerce and you want to compete with Amazon and you're just going to turn everything over, Amazon's going to beat you. You know, that's not the way to do it. I tell my clients to go on the connection side and keeping that going strong. Um, um, building that community of customers and community of what you stand for uh, and really being a little more transparent about who you are and what you stand for and what makes you happy. Um, so people can relate to that. I think those connections is what we're really lacking. And I've seen a lot of businesses, and when we talk about making that shift, who did really well during the total shutdown and being able to come out of that and not have to wait to get that momentum back because they weren't fighting for clicks and um, whatever digital TikTok video came out next. Yeah, this is so valuable because I, I remember, you know, when, when COVID hit and people didn't know, like they weren't reaching out because it made them uncomfortable. They weren't sure what to say. They didn't want to feel like they were trying to sell in the middle of a, of a pandemic. And my feedback was, you don't have to sit, call them up and ask them how they're doing. Right. Everyone is going through something crazy, but don't assume they're going through the same thing you are. Ask them, show that you care about them, you know, reach out and have that touch point, you know, especially with your current clients, but you can also reach out to past clients at right. that point. Yeah. And then, you know, we're talking about marketing. Most people assume marketing is only for new prospects, new customers, new clients. Yeah. Marketing is for your existing people. They need to know you're still there, what you offer and reinforcing that you, they made a great decision doing business with you in the past, even if it's something they don't need now where they can refer somebody else to you or when they do need you again, you're the first person in their consciousness that pops up. We assume that they're going to come back. You know, I came from dentistry and a, a lot of the old timers are used to customers. Once they picked a dentist, they stayed with them forever. Well, you know, now people get their teeth cleaned somewhere different each and every time there is no loyalty. So yeah. that assumption, unless you build that connection, you will not have customer loyalty. Yeah, that is definitely. And, and if you're not communicating with them, you better understand that your competition is. Well, yeah. And I, you know, I tell them about how much you spend money and how much time you, you've got on educating them and letting them know about what's going on in their business or their life or their mouth or whatever it is. You spend all that time and they said, no, it's not that they're not going to do it. They're going to do it somewhere else. So you spent all this time getting them up to that just on the edge of the yes. And then because you didn't have follow-up or that connection and you really huh. connect and listen to them, they're going to go somewhere else. And they it's going to be an easy jump for the next person because you did the investment for them already. Right. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Wow. So, um, this is so valuable. So let's talk about reactivating lost clients. What, what's your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I look at in healthcare, we look at um, the ratio of healthy to unhealthy number. So if they're bringing in new customers, I would like about 50 to 60% of them to come from a referral from an existing customer. Then I know my systems are working well. They're coming there and they feel comfortable referring to them, uh, referring to us. So that means where I don't have to spend so much money on new marketing. Now, reactivation means once you're a customer, unless you tell me never communicate with you again, to drop dead, uh, leave me alone, I filed a restraining order, I'm going to stay in communication with you on a regular basis just to let you know what's going on, um, provide value, and to, and to keep you in that loop so we will always have you. Um, so that's always going on. And then at certain times during that marketing calendar, we'll pick strategic times to reactivate people. So about on a quarterly basis in healthcare, we'll do uh, a reactivation. So they have a reactivation offer, a reactivation um, headline to get them back in and an opportunity to do it. And it's always a limited time offer and invite them back in. So we plan that at least four times a year to reactivate people. Um, and But we still communicate with them the whole time unless, unless they said, please don't communicate with us ever again. I, I really love that reactivation offer. And I think it's um, interesting that you're still communicating with them in other ways. So it's not like you're only reaching out when you want to sell them something. Right. And so they know you're, you, I learned this from Dan Kennedy. So yeah. I'm sure you have some Dan Kennedy disciples, but always be a welcome guest, not an uninvited pest. <laughs> so they know you're going to be there on a regular basis. They, they, they're looking for you and mix it up. You know, it's easy to send an email newsletter, but yeah, it's real easy. And everyone sends an email newsletter. So send uh, mail once in a while, that's awfully empty. Um, send them print material. Um, and if they've been a valuable customer, like a, in the past, a high value, send them something tangible, you know, be a box in the mail, a little gift to get them back in, tell them to appreciate their past business. And if you could ever do anything for them, let them know how to get a hold of you again. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. And too many people don't even think about doing that kind of thing. Or I think sometimes they think they're going to do it, but they're not going to get anything for it. So they don't see it as money well spent. Right. But that sort of goes to this whole understanding of what marketing really is, right? It's communication relationship, main, yeah. maintenance and building. And it's always work. You think of it about a marriage, you know, you gave flowers there, you had the date, you sent the little gifts. And once you get married, you still have to do those things to maintain a healthy relationship. Oh, right. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. <laughs> Let's talk about negative reviews. Like oh, negative reviews. Yeah. yeah. So love- how do we handle them? Sure. I, we get, we, you know, first of all, they hurt. I know they hurt. We take them personally, especially if you are the business, your name is the business and you are the one providing services. It, I mean, I take them personally too. I understand, but you know, think about um, this is somebody who had to, has a little bit of keyboard confidence, we call it. So sometimes if they're like a Google review, um, they're sitting behind their computer, they're feeling a little bold and they might go off and do that. But we have to think about it took a certain level 
of irritation to get them to that point. You know, the, the word Karens in the world, you know, all the complainers of the world, not everyone's a Karen. Um, they're not looking for a reason just to complain. Um, there's valuable insight in those negative reviews. And so we, after we put our emotions away, there's some stuff that go on. That, um, it talks about our systems. They're given specifics that are going on and we need to listen to them because we'll, when I go read them for a client, I said, oh, I, I can tell there is a follow-up system from what they said in the, their negative review. I can say, we've got the wrong person answering the front, um, answering the phone or having the first interaction with them, or they need to be retrained. This is what the review, because I don't know this person. And once we put all the emotion aside, there's a lot of intel in there. But also I think the, the other thing about reviews that people need to really keep in perspective, you will never convert that negative review over. So I see all of a sudden these uh, online fights between the business and the reviewer. They go back and forth and they are, it's getting, it can get ugly and you don't want to get into that fight. So when someone gives you a negative review, I tell them to get that conversation off Google, get it off Yelp, wherever it is by responding to them because someone else is reading that and get it to where you can have that personal connection again. So when I see a negative review, I tell them, I'm sorry, you had a, a negative experience. I want to learn more about this. Um, I want you to contact and I'll give them the key person in my business, Debbie Jones at extension five, please call her. We're going to get to the bottom of this and, and, and get this result. Please give us a call. Now I didn't say where you're going to refund your money or we're going to do anything like that, but I'm going to have someone, a real person do it. And if this person's really upset, they will be um, thankful to have that connection to do with it. And then the second thing about reviews, I think people need to really keep in mind is the review is not for the person who wrote it. It's for me, the new person coming along and I'm reading it. And so if I see someone go ballistic on you and you don't respond back or you respond negatively, makes me think, hey, maybe that business is not legitimate or it's not strong or, or these people don't really understand my needs because you don't scream at people online. But if I see if they handled it timely, they handled it professionally, I will be more inclined to think that person that left the negative review was just a wacko and that was a bad experience. And we all know those happen. And I'm really um, proud of that business for stepping up and trying to resolve it in a different way. Yeah, boy. <clears throat> so valuable. You have to do something and you want to do something in the, in the most you know, take the high road professional, right? get it offline as <clears throat> quickly as possible. And people need to, I think that's really key that the review is really for the person who's checking you out, not for the person who left the review. Right. And so if you go in at that focus, that's what you need. And it's your next prospect you're really talking to. Right. Right. That's great. That's a great perspective for, I think that helps people respond better if that's where their head is right yeah when you think about it if that happened in your business and that was in the lobby and this some person was saying mm. those things mm -hmm. verbally there you would you'd bring them to a back room and have that conversation somewhere else and you yeah, would want it to be very professional how you handled it not be a screaming match for the next person who watched them that walked in the door that's the same in the online community yeah that that's a a great point Okay, so 
one of the things that that I think is so valuable at this conversation is that marketing is about communication. It's about connecting the conversation and so there are there's a variety of ways of doing that, not just social media. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's important. I don't think, I think we've gotten so used to everything being focused on social media. Well, I've always been taught you don't have one, you don't have one key employee, one product you do, you do, and you don't have one source of marketing because Facebook algorithms change, you know, things happen. And so if you're relying on one thing, you're going to be in a situation where you're going to be stranded at some point. It happens to everybody and we just get a little too lenient on it. And, you know, social media is valuable because it gives me a lot of intel. You know, there are so many, I think where like Facebook comes in, there are so many groups out there, LinkedIn groups where you can eavesdrop ethically, honestly, and just see what the vibe is going on in your, your target audience. You know, who are you looking to get attached with? So like for one example, um, our dental, we have a dental client in the Midwest and they are fantastic people and they're good at converting people once they got them in the door. So we had to get them to the door. That was the situation. And mm -hmm. so one thing about marketing, I think a lot of people miss, it's not about your name of your business. It's not your tagline. It's not your pictures, not your brand. It's the headline, the biggest thing on your page should be what your prospect is thinking in their head. So are you suffering with, are you frustrated by, um, are you looking to solve in three easy steps, something like that. And so we were working on that for their, for their dental office. And they were an office that was really good, what we call um, dental emergency. So something happened bad. Um, they were very good at resolving the situation, but also building them into longer term customers and patients. And so um, we were looking to getting more of these people in. And so we were eavesdropping in a mom's group because in dentistry, you find a lot of the buying decisions are made by moms. Even if it's the husband making an appointment, the mom still decided what happened or she makes yeah. the appointment. So we're just kind of watching things that are going on. And we had one of the people in the office, this real sweet girl um, post on there. She said, hey, I work for a dental office and I'm just curious guys, what do you like about going to the dentist and what you don't like? And then we sat back and shut up and boy, did they tell us. And they told us exactly what they were frustrated by. They told us exactly what they liked. And we took those, those things that they were saying word for word and we turned them into headlines. So this emergency situation where we said, do, you know, same day dental emergency, they had no idea what that was. That's what we called it, but that's not what they called it. And they said, do you have a bad tooth? Uh so we changed it to that. And all of a sudden, bing, bang, boom, everything started working because we weren't wow. talking their language. Wow. That's a great example. That's incredible. Yeah, because don't we go with what we think it, it is the, the problem or the thing that we solve? We're just too educated. How they think of it. Yeah, we're too in our industry. We are using our yeah. words. They're, they're not trained in our profession. Right. Right. Wow. This, this is so great. Ginger, I, I really, I appreciate this conversation. It's so interesting. I mean, like I even learned stuff. I've been <laughs> writing notes. Uh, so <laughs> I appreciate it. And I, and I know the listeners have in that case. So will you 
share with them, you know, how they can find you, whatever you've got going on, you think they should know, please? Sure. You know, we've been talking about how to get your business to grow and how to, you know, people to find you and stuff. So I want to help you and give you, uh, if with Diane's permission, a resource here, you can um, request a resource. We have a resource of helping, helping your business stand out in the current environment that's going on. And I have it over my website. You can just request it and we'll email it to you. You, you can go over and find it on my website at ginger, G-I-N-G-E-R, Bratzel, B-R-A-T-Z-E-L, dot com slash standout and it's a resource guide we're going to talk about finding more of your ideal prospects and customers that exercise i told you i can go through and ask you some questions on that and it's a little checklist and then just seven areas you know if you chose one of those and just worked on the next year how it would help you connect with more of your prospects and convert more people into your business that's terrific thank you and i'll make sure that that's in the show notes I, this is such a meaningful conversation to be having really anytime, but I think especially at this point where we're, we're two years into this insanity and people are really trying to figure out what they should be doing moving forward to really, you know, get, get in front of their clients and get their clients in the door. So thank you so much for this. Well, I appreciate it. I love being here and sharing this information with you guys. And thanks for having me on your podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Hi, my name is Sara, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I offer you some feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.